Legendary was the Xanadu, where Kublai Khan decreed his stately pleasure dome. Today, almost as legendary, is California's largest radio show. So big, it cannot be appraised. Enough material for two museums. It's the Roy H. Pomeroy Show. I'm your host, Roy H. Pomeroy, and with me as always is my manservant, Henry Francis Tottenham. Good morning, Henry. Morning, Roy. Great intro. I thank you for that, young man. I take it you caught Citizen Kane on KTLA. Mm-hmm. I thought your TV was on the fritz. Elizabeth and I located a very old radio and television repairman who uh, makes house calls. A dying breed. Oh, like he had a jacket with a patch? Yes. And the patch said his first name? He had a wonderful assortment of radio and vacuum tubes of every description and size. It was the V-hold? Mm-hmm. It was the vertical hold tube. I knew it. That's what that charming and dusty old character said. He said, it's your, uh, it's your vertical hold tube, and I have one of those in my repair van. Roy, you could have had a new TV. You could have had an RCA color track for the price you paid on repair. Oh, Henry, it was not expensive. It was a simple tube swap. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he just swapped the tubes. Hundred bucks? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Well, we paid him for first time. He was probably only in our Atwater Village home for, I would say, uh, less than an hour. 55 minutes? Mm-hmm. It should only take, like, a couple of minutes to, like, swap a tube. Well, there are many screws holding on the back panel of the television set. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he had to unscrew all those, and his hands were very shaky. Kept dropping screws. Oh, how they trembled, in. Right, right. But that's old world craftsmanship. Yeah, trembly hands. Like an electric Geppetto. Plus, Elizabeth asked if the repairman was hungry. And when he said yes, she returned from the kitchen with a whole lasagna. I don't know where this thing came from. (laughs) Okay. But good golly, Miss Molly, the repairman downed that lasagna in what must have been seven bites. Hungry, old fella. And then Elizabeth offered him an afghan, and he got very comfortable on the sofa, and he had a nap. He fell asleep? That's right. Was the set switched off this whole time? No, the television was left on. I think he was trying to see if the tube was going to burn out, uh, as tubes oftentimes burn out in their first few minutes of operation, so you want to watch them. Oh, that's smart. Save himself a trip. We don't want to have him back out. No, not unless we're having lasagna. Mini lasagna? No, Henry. This was a a full tray, an uneaten and beautiful... Beautiful leftover lasagna. I don't know when that was from. It was a recent thing we probably had. Oh, you know what that was? What? It was uh, an Atwater Village Block Captain's emergency meeting that we held in our living room. Henry. Yeah? I am running for Block Captain. Please don't tell anybody yet, but that was the decision we reached with our neighbor... Orson Bean. Wow. Yeah. I'll keep it a secret. Yes, so I watched the first half of the Citizen Kane film of note. Yeah. Another Orson. Orson Welles. Oh, yeah, two Orsons. Mm-hmm. I can't pick my favorite. I was thinking about that film on my ride in to the Voice Actors Guild Studios. What's your route, Roy? Well, it was the same as always, Sports Chief. Oh? At Water Avenue. Right. I left my comfortable sea-themed Atwater Village bungalow, located at 3418 Atwater Avenue, heading northwest until I arrived at the intersection of the Atwater and Glendale Boulevard. Reasonable. Using my Chevrolet's very clicky turn signal indicator lamps, I took a hell of a sharp left onto Glendale. Okay. Past the storefronts and bustle of the city. Right. Under an overpass, which I feel demarks the neighborhoods of the Atwater Village and uh, Glendale. You can really feel the vibe change when you pass it. Well, pulling into that parking lot, I engaged my Chevrolet's parking brake, although the terrain is quite flat. Safety first. And, you know, so here we are, 1800 South Brand Boulevard, Glendale, California, Los Angeles. Yep, that's our address. That's our street address. 
A fine old building from the Art Deco times of life. A scaffolding neon sign and a small AM broadcasting transmitting tower back from when the Voice Actors Guild was a, a, some kind of radio station. Early 20th century. Mm-hmm. I never go in the front. There is rarely on-street parking. You could park in the back and come in the front. No, I'd rather use the parking lot door. Yeah? That way, I can startle the girls at the front desk oftentimes. Yeah, Christine can be quite jumpy. Christine pinches me. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I'll just wait for a quiet moment and I'll say, uh, Good morning, Christine, in a normal tone of voice, and her skeleton will almost clean leap out of her body. She's messing with you. There's no way she's scared every day. Perhaps it's a game. Perhaps it's a put-on. Because I'm always walking in that door at 6.59 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Her pinches have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> you know what, Henry? Yeah? I think it is a put-on. I think she's giving me a sort of a joke. Could be, Roy. Oh, I'm gonna have to double joke her. Double joke? Yeah, this is gonna have to be some kind of uh, double super duper secret agent stuff. Speaking of secret agents, any calls from the professor? No, no calls at my home. Nothing? No letters. Huh. No correspondence, Henry. Telegram? Nope. Uh. Nothing from the professor. <sighs> Nor the university. Nothing in your cubby that says Roy H. Pomeroy? Nope. Blast it. Well, perhaps we should give him a call uh, either tonight or tomorrow morning. Probably. It's been a few days. Right, right. You should call. I'm anxious to learn about those coins and the candy bars and if there's any connection with the USSR, the Soviets. They're hockey cheaters. I only know three things about the Soviets, Henry. Right. Number one... Oh, they love the communism. They love it. And number two, they'll spy on you. They have spies at the UN and at the hockey rink. And numero trace. Yeah. They make a hell of a virgin vodka and tonic. Is this a corner, Roy? Nope. No. No way, Henry. No Soviet corner? I shall not. Oh, please. Never a Soviet corner. Maybe a patriotism corner. Uh, seems kind of corny. Oh, a patriotism corner. Henry, please. No. Henry, please, a patriotism corner? I don't think so. Oh, Henry, you must. You simply must. Um, okay. All right. All right, let's do it. Patriotism corner. When I was a young man, everyone was very patriotic. When they announced uh, World War II... The whole block was lined up with young men who wanted to go serve, serve their country. Yeah? Yeah, they were standing in line, very impatiently, and they were fanning themselves with their World War II brochures. Full color? Mm-hmm. Radical. And people were saying things like, oh, lemme at him, and ring-a-ding. Ring-a-ding? Well, I'm still not sure what ring-a-ding meant, but I, I think it has something to do with, you know, cleaning your clock or giving a guy in a metal helmet a tremendous punch. Oh, the sound of a metal helmet punch. All the young men and women of all ages, races, and creeds were rolling up their sleeves and practicing their fists. Sounds it was a wonderful sight to see, and I was in that line, Henry. I was in that line. Were you saying ring-a-ding, or...? I think I was humming the tune to In the Army Now. By Carson Robinson and Orchestra? Yes. In the Army Now. Great ditty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After standing in that outdoor 1940s line for almost an hour, I finally made my way up to the front. Nice. And the recruiters called me in, and I sat down at a little card table. Right. And he asked me my name, and I said, Roy H. Pomeroy. Okay. And this recruiter sharpened a pencil, and he pulled out some paperwork, and he said, uh, How tall are you, Roy H. Pomeroy? That's really rude of him to pry into your affairs. And I look at this recruiter, and he's sitting in his chair, but I can tell. I can tell 
when a man is 5'9". So? Well, Henry, this recruiter was only 5 feet and 9 American inches tall. What was I going to do? You didn't tell him you're 5'10". I said, uh, you tell me. You've got the scale and that thing that comes down on the top of your head? Yeah, height thing. I said... Go ahead and measure me. Right. If you have your doubts. Uh-huh. But I'm 5'10", I'm taller than you. Right. And I just want to go fight some guys overseas. Right. And we both laughed, and he filled out 5'10". He said, I believe you, I believe you. Oh, good. He gave me my World War II papers and cards and such, and a backpack with uh, pants and boots and all that stuff, a, a shirt, I believe. Underwear. That's right. And I went home, and I set an alarm clock. But wouldn't you know it, the alarm clock didn't go off, and I was late for World War II, so I didn't go. You want to wrap up the corner? <laughs> All right. Patriotism corner? Okay. Maybe I can get some warm-ups from you, Roy. Roy? H. Pomeroy. Okay. That was a good one, Henry. How was that? Um, that was like 5'3". Five, 5.3. Five I don't like the sound of that. Yeah. No. We can do better. At least it's not 5'9". Roy, I... I'm I'm five foot nine. I'm five foot nine inch. Oh, no offense. I did not. Oh, Henry, I'm so sorry. You're only an inch taller. No, and you look fine without your mustache. Ah, I knew in the back of my mind I shouldn't have shaved my mustache. <sighs> Henry, please don't be so sensitive. I can't help it. Oh, you baby boomers are so sensitive about your feelings. I shaved off my stash and now I don't think I can mix sound. No, Henry, you're doing a fantastic job. You're doing a bang-up job. It's all ring-a-ding for you, son. You figure? Sure. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, you still have your windbreaker and your dune buggy and your wonderful girlfriend, Rose, and uh, what, what's that, a one-bedroom apartment? It's a two-bedroom. Two-bedroom? <laughs> yes. Henry. Yeah. Not bad. It cracks me up that you think that's good. Henry, it's not about fashion, and it's not about how much mustache you can grow. It's not about jackets? No, it's not about these superficial things at all. It's not about mirrored aviators? No, it's about Henry Francis Tottenham and who he is deep inside. Yeah? Yeah, the blood type. Oh, okay. Henry, it's about your blood type. Oh. What are you? I think I'm an O positive. O positive. Yeah, the universal blood kind. Not bad. Yeah. What? Do you have a blood type? Oh, I don't have one. No? I don't have a blood type. No, it's just sort of all mixed in there. Blood mix? Yeah. Maybe that's why the recruiter was giving you a hard time. So what's in your blood? Oh, German, Irish, French, Canadian. I do believe there's a little slice of Italian in there. Ooh. But mostly, yeah, it's mostly English guys. Right. Mm -hmm. From King times. The Anglo-Saxons of life. I'm going to turn you down to 5-1. So who is paying the piper today, Your Honor? News. Ah, uh, I see. Let me review these notes. Yeah, KTLA News. All right, these are very news notions. Newsworthy. Yes, this is uh, just television news talk. All right, we are rolling for news. This is a KTLA 5 news break. Today in the news, Egyptian President Sadat claimed that the United States is purchasing Soviet-made weapons to funnel to guerrillas in Afghanistan. And he got very steamed up about this alleged sale, so he snapped a pencil and stared into the camera for over three minutes with his eyebrows twitching. We'll bring you those three uninterrupted minutes tonight on KTLA News 5 at 11. And cut. How was that, Henry? Perfect. Perfection. Splendid. Food for us? Oh, for lunch? Yeah, lunch food. Henry, I have a fearsome craving for a baked potato. Righteous. Oh, sour cream. Groovy. Bacon bits. Radical. I want to consume this potato in near darkness. Okay. Henry, it's got to be the tam-o-shanter. Not long, John Silvers. Oh, Henry, my, 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 my. 
We must report to the Tamo Shanter to consume potatoes in near total darkness. Okay, plus they have red napkins.